freestyle. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are listening in from. Today I'm radioing in from home. It is a nice autumn day and basically I'm going nowhere soon, which I will explain to you very shortly. So for today's podcast, I wanted to discuss um, four main topics. First being provide a feather fluffing update. Second, go over the Queen's farewell. Third, discuss the mini budget. And fourth, discuss hype songs. So starting with a feather fluffing update, people, the situation is bleak at the moment because I'm injured. I'm injured as of yesterday evening and that is why I'm going nowhere fast. So at the moment, um, my ankle is swollen because I twisted it really quite badly and um, I'm in pain so I may not be overly hyped today but your girl is out here still trying but I do need prayers for recovery and recovery soon because I don't want to be out for weeks again which is what happened to me last time when I twisted my ankle like a year ago um, and then you know like a couple of months ago I did my back in and then I was out for weeks then so I'm really not impressed <laughs> really, really not impressed by this situation uh, it is some BS, but you know, it is what it is. So how I did this was literally a standard jog. So for my jogging, I jog in the um, woods and just like regular jogs, which is kind of relatively flat. I only carry like in my backpack, like three kg. And yeah, I was, I was not even on like a hilly bit, just standard bit. And then I slipped, it had been raining like the day before or that day. So I slipped on a um, tree root and just twisted my ankle really quite badly. So I paused for a little bit and then I got up and then I could continue running even though um, it hurt a bit. I was like, okay, well, I'll just continue and see how I get on. So I managed to make it, I think, 4.37 miles before the pain was too too much so I had to stop um so yeah so then last night it, like I hobbled back home and I was like okay but in pain I actually had chocolate cake for dinner <laughs> so bad but when I'm feeling sorry for myself I can't eat so I had chocolate cake for dinner put ice on it um and then I was like okay well let me kind of see how it goes and yesterday evening so late evening it swelled up really quite big and the pain was phenomenal, a throbbing pain on my ankle um, to the point where I actually had to crawl to the bathroom, crawl there and back. Um, last night sleeping was rough as hell because obviously when you're in so much pain, there's no comfortable position. Eventually I fell asleep and this morning I've woken up and it still hurts, it's still swollen, but it's not as bad as yesterday evening. So I haven't taken any painkillers so that I can kind of track my progress. So I'm hoping it's not too, too serious. I would like to be up and at it within a week. I know that's a bit ambitious. Things may not happen that way, but the thought of having to have weeks off of training does not sit well with me. And the thing is also, I was flying high. I had actually made it um, the day before I had completed the monkey, but well, 
I was one bar off of completing the monkey bars in the park. There's six bars on there. So for my first time ever, I was moving across the monkey bars. I was so happy. And the thing is, a few weeks ago when I did it, I could only make it to the second bar. And like I was at the park with my extended nieces and my nephews, like two of them. And I could see in my extended nieces' eyes that they thought that... <laughs> Should, I should just give up the ghost that my big ass wasn't making it anywhere. One of them is really good at doing the monkey bars. So she was dazzling me and showing me what how to do it. Um, and then the nephews, one of them, the five-year-old actually, was pointing and laughing at me <laughs> for, my, for my failure not to continue on the monkey bars. And you know, what? I almost wanted to tell him, like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But then I thought, you know what, A, that is actually a lie. And there's um, a preacher of the village church in Texas, Matt Chantler, and he actually unpacked that one time in the sermon, how actually you know, words are probably more scathing sometimes than anything else going on. And then B, you know, because he's like five and I'm supposed to be the adult, <laughs> he wouldn't even get <laughs> the phrase. So anyway, I left it. So yeah, so like a phoenix from the ashes of bar two, I rose up to make it to bar six. And then the next day, and I'm sure to let them know too, I've let, I've gone ahead and put the word out so they know that I can now do the monkey bars. And then the next day I've broke up my ankle. So that is where we are. Um, there are no positives that I can see at the moment. <laughs> none, none at all, except for the fact that I'm now doing this podcast maybe because my ankle's broke. Um, and then I have thought actually, no, no, actually this one thing has come through for this. And that is hopefully when I make it to Featherland, like the selection part, um, selection training or whatever you call it, um, now that this is potentially my third time within a year of injury and having to fight back from injury, which is major effort, as I'm sure lots of you know, like once you, once you stop doing something, for like weeks, you're so far behind again, when you start back up, you're slower with your running, you're weaker for all of the weights and stuff, it's like so much effort, so thinking about like my show that I love, the SAS Who Dares Wins, like the only, the ways that you can get booted off are if the chief instructor and DS like cut you, um, or you voluntarily withdraw, which will not be happening in my case, or you're medically withdrawn. So now that I, you know, had this injury, I'm like, oh no. So when I make it, like, obviously I've not got through the door, but I'm in the <laughs> interview stage. I plan, I now plan after this situation, I now plan to see if I um, can get in there, that if I somehow manage to injure myself doing something really simple again, um, that and I have to be medically withdrawn, that I can actually come back again once I'm recovered. Because I now have potentially three situations where I've had to come back from injury. Um, and, you know, it took, it will have taken me so much to have made it to that stage. It's already like so much effort already, and I'm not even there yet. And I will try my hardest, even though like the DSs and like the chief instructor might like barbecue me for like certain things that I do wrong or, you know, not up to standard. I will be working my ass off when I'm through that door. So I really am not interested about getting medically withdrawn and then not being able to come back. So 
<laughs> I'm going to fight the good fight that in my contract, it says that I can come back once um, once I'm well. And the thing is also, because I'm over here fluffing up my flavors, I actually have um, a view of other things. So I've read a few um, military reports, both UK and US. And then um, I have a secondary independent source that isn't part of the government, which is the Quincy Institute for Responsible Statecraft that feeds into my thinking. And then, you know, just articles and stuff from the papers and also the news. So trying to stay up to date with current affairs and given my skill set like customer operations and project management, all of that stuff, they should be able to place me somewhere else while I'm recovering. So this is now the new pitch, which I was thinking today that I need to try to get in there so that I don't get, you know, vetoed for a long time. And I can't freaking believe it because when I am like, I jog on the hills, so I jog on um, these hills with 9.5 kg in my backpack and um, the terrain, because it's in the woods, the terrain is really quite rough. So I remember when I first started jogging on the hills, um, the the soles of my trainers like started ripping off and I had to get some you know stronger ones because the stones and you know the hill like whatever's going on over there it's it's rough so you know I'm I'm jogging up and down the hills and stuff with you know my 9.5 kg just fine in all seasons all weather no injury I even like tried to find another hill because I thought I'd try a steeper one um to include into my circuit and um the steeper one I actually you know had to claw my way up it because it was quite steep and I actually fell down it like <laughs> a couple of weeks ago I really really fell down I really rolled down that thing and I scratched myself up properly and I've still got those scars from that so that was the end of me in that hill but even after that I wasn't injured injured like I had some scrapings but I was still fine but now this is the second time doing a standard jog virtually flat and I've been got so anywho the rant being over the the positive that will come from this is being able to pardon me being able to show that you know three times of being vetoed and I've managed to come back from it I will be stronger and I will you know work harder and just like before increase my targets and hopefully get it back on track so do pray for me because I am worried that is why I'm still eating. I did see my beloved today, so that's kind of given me a little encouragement. But still, it's not a good look. Um, so yeah, that's basically the feather fluffing land um, for you guys. Um, so moving on from that situation, I would like to discuss the Queen's farewell. So, oh my goodness, it was it was so honouring, just in every single way and you know it just showed just some of the greatest you know parts of the UK like and just being British if that makes sense and just how people came together and gave her such a beautiful farewell in you know all of the places like the royal family the king especially through his grief you know going out there meeting the public and his family you know it was just it was so moving it was so moving so beautiful so honoring and like our armed forces my goodness they can do a send-off like seeing them out there with the trooping and every just 
absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, for the Queen, like, I'm sure everybody watched the news and everyone knows so, so much anyway. Um, but just to take a few pieces, like, you know, she wasn't planning to be queen you know that was an unexpected thing that came into her world and completely changed you know her life um you don't get to choose what family you're born into you're born into you know whatever family it is and you do the best that you can with that and I really feel she took on board duty so so well just carried it throughout her life and you know as we've seen from like the crown the show on netflix like it shows us you know that yes there is incredible privilege and wealth you know beyond but there is also sacrifice that comes with that and there's a cost and you know always being in the public eye and or you know there's so much that goes into that so i think she she just did fantastic and even the tributes that came in from all corners of the world they were just so honoring all the heads of state that attended her funeral so it yeah everything I think it was yeah really really good and we'll miss her but we will continue to support our king and see you know how things go there and I'm sure his reign is going to be a good reign because he respects duty so much also and you know, just thinking on times having changed and evolved because, you know, a lot happened during those 70 years, like lots of cha- lots have changed um, since then. And I think like now we're at a position where we, um, we just, we just have a better understanding of things. We have a better understanding of um, global history and, you know, more insights into, you know, how people acted before. And we have you know, different views on what is actually correct in these days. And so I was thinking on like just empires in general. And so I'll take the Roman Empire, for example, which I have to say, you know, it does fascinate me, really, it does, like, due to the influence that it kind of has on us still today in terms of the institutions that were put in place to govern people, the civil laws, like architecture and so forth. And for the Roman Empire, at its peak, it covered most of Europe and parts of the Middle East and Africa. And it ruled for around 507 years until the Western Sanction fell under the Emperor Romulus Augustus in 467 CE. And then the Eastern Section would continue under the Byzantine Empire for over a thousand years. So, I mean, that is, to achieve that is, it's phenomenal, is all I can say. But, you know, with all the good that happened, there was still, you know, lots of brutality. And that is the same with um, the British Empire also. So, the way I see things is, um, you know, times have changed and we're working on progressing as we do as humans and I have to say that I absolutely loved Queenie as did my mama bear and um, I really think she did a lot towards working for a better narrative with the Commonwealth I have to say I really do so um, as I've said before like everything that's happened good and bad um, throughout history combined has brought us to the moment that we are in right now 
and I know that we have significant challenges ahead but I honestly even though there's battles to face um, I honestly believe in a brighter future for us all. So moving on from that I would like to discuss the mini budget. Before I discuss the mini budget I'm going to say this this, ep- this episode is called freestyle because I'm literally <laughs> freestyling because I wasn't expecting to do this today so I've pulled together my main pieces hopefully all is going to make sense and thank you for listening in okay now mini budget um and that's the UK mini budget which we will all know if you're in the UK you understand what I mean um so let me start off with the disclaimers I am not in government um I may not know everything that went into like all of the considerations they took on board when they were drafting the mini budget um, I'm critiquing from the sidelines which is obviously easy to do when you do not bear the weight of responsibility so I'm just going to go ahead and throw that on out there before I say anything else those disclaimers um, so starting with my thoughts on the mini budget so I believe our PM and our Chancellor want to do the best they can for our country and you know see it succeed and I know that when you're in positions of leadership you will always have critics and it really is not your job to please everybody. However, uh, when you are planning to do massive changes I feel like your research ahead of implementation of those changes or any public announcements should be so thorough that senior people in that field or independent institutions in that field understand your logic. They may not agree with the path that you have decided to take, but they can understand how you got there. So in the case of the mini budget for me, I for the life of me cannot understand why our government didn't get an independent party, like the Office for Budget of Response, hold on, like the Office for Budget Responsibility to assess their final plans. I really, I really have no idea why they didn't do that. Like it, it genuinely doesn't make sense to me. Now, depending on what outcomes um, they predicted, our goal uh, would be, I guess, how do I say this? Let me think. I think am I saying this correctly once again people freestyle freestyle okay right so depending so if they had had it assessed by the office for budget responsibility that their massive changes that they've put in the mini budget depending on um what outcomes the the independent party so the office for budget responsibility in this case came up with they might actually alter their plans before stating what their plans are publicly so if this if I can try to put this to where it kind of makes sense um to me like working in customer operations for example there's loads of times where I come up with plans that I want to implement like sometimes it's with third-party software for example and then that includes thousands you're signing up to spend thousands of pounds a year so you know the higher the money the more thorough you want to be that what you're planning to do actually makes sense and so there's been many times where I've pitched what I what I want to do what I want to implement and the reasons why and then I'll get feedback of other people and then based on some of their feedback I might revise my plan slightly Um, or sometimes 
I may not have thought about something that they've said. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's really good. You know, I will add that in. So obviously revising your plans, like where you change it, or actually I will make sure that that's an additional um, feature I request gets added in um, for the price, if this makes sense. And there's other times where um, people will, you know, have fed back to me and they can be senior people and I don't agree with the, the re- what they're saying, recommending the change that I should make. But in saying I don't agree, I can back up why it is I don't agree. So I don't agree because A, that doesn't fit our situation. So maybe the customer volumes aren't large enough to actually incorporate that change, like the benefit is so, so minor. Or um, I have a case study. These case studies, otherwise, like things happen differently for them. I'm going to take the risk of doing it this way. And then I can monitor like the interaction, monitor the data. And if it changes, then, you know, I can adjust or have actual supporting data to be like, actually, no, um, our customers contact us mainly at this time and this time. So due to that reason, that is why I have decided to put an out of hours team on here and you know not over here and I'm going to cut the morning hours whatever it is like you can back up what you're saying so even if I don't agree with what their suggestion is I can state why so now let's see so given the fact that we are currently um there's a war in Europe as we all know inflation is you know sky high and the banks are doing their best to battle that down I would think that whatever package you're going to be recommending, especially if it's big, especially if we're hitting these billion figures out here, that they would have put more scrutiny into that before going live and saying that this is what we're going to do. Um, So some of the critics that have come through are, um, you know, they're big, they're big hitters, like they're not... (laughs) people were experts in this field and so I I find it even more baffling like some of the the responses we've had um to what they've been saying it's it just seems kind of bland to me and maybe that is me being too harsh but it it really does seem a bit bland so for example mentioning just a few the IMF their recent comments um Mark Carney, who is the former governor for the Bank of England, has come out today, you know, looking equally as baffled by some of the things that are in there. So, you know, you need to stop and you you need to listen. Like, I really do believe our government needs to listen because it's going to be at the detriment of them and all of us. So that is why I'm on the mic today to, to raise awareness and say this. And I really do understand that you know, you're coming in, you're forming a new government, and you're facing major crises, like there is significant public pressure to act and also be seen to act. But sometimes taking a bit of time out enables you to come up with better solutions. Um, So I read an article today by Manu Shafiq, who is the director of the London School of Economics and Political Science. And she is a former deputy governor of the Bank of England. And her piece, which I'll actually share a link to, in there she proposes an alternative to the energy price cap. And the energy price cap, which she's estimating is going to cost around 100 billion, and also provides support to those who don't necessarily need it. So one of the things she stated is that the government could potentially 
provide a universal lifeline tariff for energy consumption up to a certain level. So the poorest would still be protected and um, small businesses, but it would also mean that those could who could afford to um, would pay the market rate um, once they went over it. So it's interesting. So it's just like, you know, food for thought. And it may be that doing this would take too much time to implement or we don't actually have the infrastructure in there yet. But this is what I mean by just thinking about other things, you know, that may work better. And even if you don't go that way, like you can still say why you're not going that way. Um, and just being kind of in this LSE world, uh, who was it now? Lord Sainsbury. So Lord Sainsbury has written a book called The Windows of Opportunity. And it is, it's such a good book. I highly recommend it. And actually Gordy, as I know him as, <laughs> do not know him at all. And I'm talking about Gordon Brown, but in my world, I call him Gordy. And that's because like when, um, when lockdown happened and we had all these Zooms, LSE had him on there a couple of times and like because he was on Zoom it kind of felt like you were having a personal Zoom with Gordy only you're not and obviously he doesn't know me so <laughs> just just making sure I'm clear about that but even him he said on this book that it is a must read for any business leader or policy maker and the thing that is so good about this book is it's based on um, the, looking at the US and UK economies, um, mainly kind of, but he unpacks how nations created wealth. And then it also goes through case studies for other places. So he tackles the, um, the, the fact of us having low productivity, what that means, why that is, also, um, what policies could potentially be put in place to boost growth, sustainable growth, not just growth. So we have some good figures for a little bit. Um, but it's it's really, I highly recommend it if this type of thing interests you um, to read it. So I'm going through it at the moment. And I've actually been going through it for a while because I keep stopping and starting. And then I'll read an article or attend an event here. And then I'm scribbling all in my book. But either way, I'm still in there and working on it. But I do highly recommend it. So moving on to my last topic, I think, right? Is that my last thing? Oh, yes, hype songs. So this is just a quick bit. And it's just to say, um, yeah, just to listen to some hype music. So I'm obviously injured and really not impressed. But I'm, I've decided to like create myself like a hype list, which is just songs that get you a bit lively. So I was thinking about um, back in the day when I was a student, technically I'm still a student, but when I was, <laughs> when I was a real student, when I was a younger student, shall I say, um, and like, you know, going to clubs and just the hypeness of going in the clubs and like some of the clubs, like, you know, I've mentioned before, like they won't play certain songs um, because they're just too hype. But like other places, which, you know, some of the places where like they were closed down last weekend because there was a stabbing or a shooting and they're just playing off all the nextly hype songs on the go. And you're like in the middle of like this madness for these hype songs and, you know, literally taking your life in your own hands because it's 50-50 how it's going to go. But it is, yeah, it's just such fun. Absolutely such fun coming. So I'm going to play you a few of my songs, just a little brief bit from um yeah my hype list and I don't know if you'll know the songs but 
they're awesome to me. So I'll just play for you, see if you can guess them. It's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. No human contact. And if you interact, your life is on contract. You best go. If you're talking the hardest, the expand pop up in your fools as an artist. Chase! in the market. Everybody wants to know where walking the park is. Walking the party, sporting the money, half of the crowds will snoop. Don't rate and take it from me, from me. Life's gotta always be messing with me. Can't touch and let me be free. So yeah, so basically those are some of the songs from my hype list. I highly recommend that you create a hype list for yourself too, just to get you feeling good no matter how the day is going or no matter what we're seeing on the news. So have a lovely week, people. Bye.